Hello and welcome to Center for Victory's podcast of your best day yet. At Center for Victory, we're here to help unlock, reinforce, and enrich relationships through personal and professional development. I'm Eric Guy, Chief Victory Officer here at the Center for Victory. Uh, today, we're going to be talking about um, understanding employee engagement. So we're going to talk more on the professional side today with uh, how to keep your top performers from leaving. Going to give you a little uh, insight to that. Uh, one of the things that we do here at Center for Victory, I think we do a pretty good job. Uh, we have a lot of great customers and clients that do this. They're in pursuit of these kinds of things. And employee engagement is a big topic uh, today as it is, uh, as it has been. So, uh, you know, one of the things that uh, I'm actually going to start out with, I'm going to share uh, a couple slides here with you guys. Um Real quick, you know, this is kind of what it looks like when we're looking at employees. You know, how one, how can we figure it out? If you're a leader, this is your frustration here. How do we keep our employees engaged? When we look at the research, I think a lot of what is out there is actually saying only about 33, 35% of the workforce is actually engaged. And we're losing a lot of money, resources, time, things of that nature because employees aren't engaged and then if the then the turnover that comes with that so a couple of things that i think we're going to cover uh here in this podcast and i think it would it was helpful just to have a couple slides in here because uh, a lot you know we have a lot of our uh viewership that's not just listening to the podcast but they're actually watching on youtube so uh we'll be sure to include these slides as well so what engagement means, uh, we're going to be talking about the four forces of disengagement, uh, how engagement affects culture. I think you're probably aware of this if you're a business owner, leader, or a manager. And then we're going to talk about some people strategies, how to get those optimal business results. Okay. So one of the things that we want to talk about first, like I said, is what is engagement? Okay. It's everywhere. Uh, it's kind of like the new buzzword or the fad. Like I said, a lot of uh, research is pointing to the fact that you know only about a third of our workforce is actually engaged. Now, keep in mind, I do work with folks that where their engagement is a lot higher than that, and they're doing a great job with it. They're doing leadership programs where you know we're helping with some of the that leadership, but they're taking the initiative to. You know, pour into their people and their people are pouring back, which gets me into really the definition of engagement or employee engagement. Engagement's not just about happiness. I think there are a lot of myths out there about what that means. You know, sometimes, uh, you know, you see places that have, and there's nothing wrong with it. You know, I enjoy ping pong tables, you know, uh, arcade games, things like that, um, slides, whatever. But uh, again, nothing wrong with it, uh, but it's not just about happiness. That's my point, okay? So engagement is not just about happiness in the work environment. When we look at engagement, it's all about um, really the psychological component here, uh, the emotional commitment to the company and its goals. Uh, I was fortunate enough just recently to watch a leader and his team. I uh, was with them. Uh, as they crossed the Grand Canyon rim to rim, which is a 25 over a 25 mile hike, I uh, was very impressed with how engaged the leader 
the owner of the company was with all of his employees. Uh, you know, it was neat to see what he even talked about with them as they were going through a lot of it. He knew their personal history and things of that nature. Uh, but my point here is I was talking to those employees, you know, had sidebars with them and their emotional commitment just from a psychological perspective to that company and what they do and how they pour their heart into it. Um, and it's 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 really not anything you know, wild out there that, you know, Hey, we're doing this. We're, we have this purpose. It's, you know, it's pretty much it's in construction. It's nothing. That's a big wow, but they were wild about what they do. And so when we are talking about engagement, think about the emotional commitment, uh, people that have psychological ownership and that are really, uh, what we call all in. They are, they are emotionally committed to the vision. So you have to have that vision, but then once you have it, they're emotionally committed to it. And one of the things that we like to, to discuss here when we're talking about engagement is discretionary effort. You know, most leaders that I talk to talk about, oh, you know, a lot of my employees just feel like they have to come to work. Okay. Um, Hopefully, if you're listening to this, you're either figuring out um, if you have to go to work, you know, hopefully this will help you figure out where you want to go. Okay. Uh, because to increase performance, to increase engagement, to have that emotional, that psychological commitment that we talk about, we want to get people to that want to level. And again, mo I believe most, at least the, most of the leaders inside of companies that I talk to, they're all here. They're all at that want to. You don't have to. It, <clears throat> you don't have to motivate them to go into work, to get up early, to put in extra effort. How can or can we even expect that from employees? The answer to that is yes, right? But th there are some things that we can do. To get that discretionary effort up, so they, you know, you, the, the loss of work days, the, the calling off things, they want to come in. How do we do that? Okay, um, I think probably where we should first start is why should you do that? You know, uh, I, you know, if you're a leader, you probably know this, but if you're a manager, why should we spend time, money, effort? into keeping our employees engaged. We can just go out and find somebody new. Well, it's not just that easy, okay? Um, engaged companies, this is research, 6% six six higher net profit margin, five times higher shareholder return across five years. Uh, here's a bunch of other things when people are engaged. Big thing here is turnover, right? If you're a leader, if you're an HR professional, if you're a recruiter, uh, especially if you're in HR recruiting, you're trying to fill these uh, spaces up. Um, you know, you hate seeing all that turnover because it's just, it's a revolving door. You know, the other big thing, if you're talking about, especially like manufacturing, quality assurance, things like that, those kind of positions, you're talking about lower, lowering the safety incidences. Okay. Uh, and things like that when you have engaged employees. Like if it's a hospital, if, if my employees are engaged, you know, less safety that opens us up to, to, you know, less risk in our environment, which means, you know, down with lawsuits and things like that. 
But look at those last two. You know, if you're looking at this slide, 21% higher productivity, 22% higher profitability. Okay, you want to do this. This is something we want to invest in. Okay. So think about first before we get into some of these things. Think about first if you're an owner or if you're just you know a leader in the company, whatever you're doing. You don't have to necessarily be leading people, but you know if you're if you're one of those people that get up, get after it every day, uh, and you look at you know some of you know some of what's on TV, it's like well you know young people don't want to work. Well, maybe there's more of them that don't want to, but there are some out there that really want to. You know, I just came back from a company, a manufacturing company, got a young kid there. He didn't go to high school, but he's, you know, or didn't go to college. I'm sorry. He just graduated high school. He's only, he's going to be turning 21. He's been working at the company for a while now. He's on his third year. He's in the sales department is doing great. Shows up, never calls off always. Hey, what, what's next? What's next? What's next? Always uh, in coming into my training with that company, asking the the leader, hey, what can I do? How can I improve myself? So they are out there. This young man is very engaged. Um, and I think that has a lot to do with the leadership in that company, okay, of how they keep him engaged. So uh, the problem's real though. No, no doubt for that. Um, you know, only just a little over half of companies actually say i think this number is actually even lower than it is uh but uh you know have a strategy to fix engagement problems they think they do but i don't know if they they fully embrace it i know a lot of times we'll we'll get involved and you know they'll do it for a little bit and then you know stop rolling it out for whatever reason very real 90% 98% of CEOs don't pay attention to engagement data and i i found this to be even before it was a buzzword i found it to be an an issue because i think a lot of CEOs from again this is from my experience a lot of leaders inside companies what happens is uh, they're at that want to and they just expect everybody else to get it through osmosis okay um why can't people just do this but whatever and then they don't pay attention to it and a lot of times they're not paying attention to it and then it's too late and it hits hard all at once okay so decoding engagement let's jump into it here okay uh decoding engagement there's the individual there's the workplace so i'm going to give you four uh, environmental pressures that contribute to either engagement or disengagement. They're not the only four. These are the top four when we look at the research. Okay. So the first is job fit, where I'm going to go through each, each of these. Okay. Manager, team dynamics, and then the culture. Okay, so we're going to get each, go through each one of these. First one, job fit. Yeah, I don't know if you're watching this. If you've ever, if you've ever been in a position where you can do it, I mean, you could, but you know, you weren't very motivated to do it. A lot of times, it's not about can, and this is where a lot of people trip up. It's the difference between can and will. 
I can do a lot of things. Will I do them and will I do them well for long periods of time is a different. So we want to make sure that person is a good fit. And if you're a person that's trying to figure this out, you're watching or listening right now, what what are your characteristics? What do you like to do? And the, the best way to start with that, and again, it's just a plug for what we do, is looking at a behavioral assessment like the predictive index to try to figure out what is what is that framework that I'm looking for where I don't where I can go into an environment, my work environment, which I'm at eight, nine, ten hours a day, typically, and not have to be much different than what comes natural to me. Why? Because when I don't have to behave much different than what comes natural to me, I'm engaged. I'm productive. Uh, I want to be there. I don't have to be there. I want to, and and it engages what you know, or just my my gifts. Okay. So some of the things that you might want to think about when you're, when you're placing people in, or you're a person listening to this and you're thinking, okay, what kind of person am I? And what kind of positions do I want? You know, is, is it something that where you're tend to be a little bit more collaborative? You want a collaborative environment where you're more of a team player? Do you like conflict? Do you want a little bit of a challenge? Do you like an environment where you can talk it through, where it's very people-oriented? Or do you like an environment that's a little bit more innovative, okay, where you can you have time to think, where you can be more technical? Uh, another thing to think about is, you know, is it very dynamic? Is it always changing? If you don't like that, maybe you're looking for an environment that's more process-oriented. If you're a leader, you should be jotting these things down, by the way. Because if you want people to stay engaged, you have to put them in positions where they're going to flourish. And again, I'm not talking about can. I'm talking about will. Will they do it and will they do it well for long periods of time? Okay, if you want me to be your accountant, I can go to school for that and probably uh, just beat myself through that if I really wanted to. It's not a good chance I'm going to be your controller or your CFO. Okay, that attention to detail. There's only so many things I can do that with. And if I'm not paying attention to that, can do it. But will I do it? Will I do it well for long periods of time without becoming miserable? Probably not. And maybe you know some of these people. They do stay at companies. They can do it. They're at that half-to line. They do just barely enough to get by, but they're miserable. You know, if you're listening to this and, and you're thinking, what's my next step in my career? One of the things you might want to think about is well, what's my kind of what does my ideal space look like? What do I want to be doing? Okay, um, who do I want to be around? That's going to play into you know the team and the culture a little bit later that we talk about. All right, so job fit is the first one. You want to be sure that that person is in a close job fit behaviorally to who they are. All right, that is going to increase engagement. Okay, one of the ways that we do that, um, you know, here's just an example. This is of you know an outside sales hunter. If this is you, I mean, if you're good with risk, if you're self-driven, okay, connect quickly with others. That might be the kind of position for you. If it's not, that's okay. But try to find a position that fits you. You know, too many of us take advice from other people, and a lot of us are taking advice from people who who aren't wired like us or that think they have our best interests. 
Second one is very powerful. When we talk about that disengagement is manager. People don't quit their job. They quit their boss. Great managers keep people engaged. Great managers spend three to five to maybe 10 minutes a day just going around, understanding their people, giving them what they need to succeed. The problem with most managers is they get to where they're at because they've succeeded in roles underneath that management or supervisor position, and they've just made it to the top. Probably, maybe a lot of times don't belong there. Okay. Or maybe I should say don't belong there without proper training. You know, I got there without any proper training. Then once I was managing people, I just wanted everybody to behave exactly like me. Okay. That doesn't work unless you have a team where everybody's like you, which really doesn't happen a whole lot of times. Uh, you know, you have to understand your management style first. Okay. So some of the things, you know, whatever you are, and if you don't know this, if you have more of a telling style, that's your, you know, that's your management style that might work for some people. Other people, it might be more of a persuasive style. Yet for some, it might be more process oriented. And for others, it might be more structure oriented where you might be more of a micromanager where it might be more formal. The whole issue here is you can't do that with everybody. It's going to work. You're going to have, as a manager, you're going to have an easier time keeping people engaged who are wired like you behaviorally. Okay. But we want to focus not on do unto others what we would have them do unto to us, but the platinum rule. Treat people. You might want to write this down. Treat people the way they need to be treated for maximum productivity and efficiency. That's the platinum rule. Okay, treat people the way they need to be treated for maximum productivity and efficiency. Platinum rule. How do you do that? You go back and you use an assessment like the predictive index, figure out what they need, spend a few minutes on that. Okay, so what do they need? Somebody that's higher in that dominance might need some to make an impact. They might need to thumbprint on some things. Um, they might need challenge. Somebody that's that's high on that social scale, what might they need? They just might need that feedback. They might need time to talk. They might need a collaborative environment, depending on, you know, uh, how dominant they are as well. If they're really patient, they just might need time to get to know things, just get good at one thing, then move to the next. Uh, a lot of people, uh, a lot of companies don't keep people engaged that have people that have that higher uh, process detail type of thing because they just they don't explain things up front. They don't take time to show people what they're doing. Okay. So all you need to remember as a manager, especially if you have a behavioral tool or if you have something like PI is tr- Treat people how they need to be treated for maximum productivity productivity and efficiency. If you can do that, then you're going to increase that engagement of your team. Okay, and just remember, employees' needs come first. And I'm not talking about what they need in their you know bonuses and their health insurance and things like that. I'm talking about just the, those behavioral psychological needs that keep us going. How do we get that environment? If I have a manager 
that doesn't engage with me, doesn't take time to talk with me and do that, it's not going to be good. Even worse, if they micromanage me, then we're going to have issues. Okay, And I'm not going to be engaged. However, the managers that I've had that have given me that that longer rope, that have take time to know what's going on with me, uh, take time to be social, to talk through things, even you know after work, uh, those are the ones that I really uh, did a lot for and will work for. Okay, so think about what your employees need to increase that engagement. So both need awareness. The employee needs awareness. You can help them with that, but you need awareness if you're their manager, if you're you know the owner of a company. But employees' needs come first. Third thing that we want to focus on is going to be that team dynamic. Okay. If you don't fit, it doesn't mean that you're not needed on that team, but you have to pay attention to the team dynamics. Okay. You might need that person that's a little unlike the team to help build that team. And that might be your your talent strategy. On the other hand, you just don't want to bring people in nilly-willy. Uh, you might want to get into it and say, hey, what do we need? Do we need more people like this? Because if we bring in somebody different, what's it going to do in the team? Or if we bring another person that's the same, what's that going to do to the team? Okay, Because a lot of things could go on there. But you want to align your talent strategy with your business strategy. You want to be very aware of what the team is doing because that's going to play on the next thing, which is culture. Okay, They have to fit the culture. So uh, if we're going over everything that I've, I've stated so far, first thing is job fit. One of the most important things that you can do that you have access to um, on a daily basis is figuring that out, figuring out how do we train our managers, the team dynamic, and then lastly, the culture. Okay. When people don't fit, feel like they fit, you know, not everybody's going to fit. So we have to be upfront. And I would do this even in the interviews. to kind of put it out there, one of the ways that we do that here at Center for Victory is we talk about our core values. Okay, those are core to us. We're we're measuring them even during the interview, and we're measuring those, especially the first ninety days after somebody starts, to give them feedback on whether they fit or not. Okay, we want them to fit. I don't want anybody to be uncomfortable uh, if they don't fit, and sometimes they don't. And you know, it's good to know that up front so we don't get. You know, 90, 180 days in, it's like, well, I don't like being here because I don't fit the culture. Okay. So the old saying, culture eats strategy for breakfast. Okay. Maybe breakfast, lunch, and dinner. So we have to understand that. Okay. So those four things, again, uh, job fit, manager impact, team dynamics, and culture. Okay, they're all important. There are other things that are important as well. Okay, um, here's a, a good stat as we wrap things up here. Disengaged managers cost the U.S. $90 billion per year. Okay, and look at the number below that. $11 billion is lost annually due to employee turnover. It's crazy. Okay, so you can get better. Okay. 
whole idea here is if if you want to fix that engagement problem, and many companies have it, they have challenges. Okay. But even if you don't feel like you have a challenge, you can always get better. It's possible to to fix that and understand it, to take those challenges head on when you understand behavior um, and when you can face it head on and get into it and understand that, you know, just people, we all have needs, right? And, you know, if you, again, you look at the research where we're, we're kind of hardwired to contribute to something larger than ourselves for about nine hours a day. We want people to be engaged when they're doing that. Okay. So become aware of those four forces of disengagement or engagement, however you want to look at it, put it at part of your plan. Okay. When you're looking at, especially as we roll into this next year, if you don't have it now, maybe that's part of your plan, part of your budget for next year. Look at your talent strategy, see if it matches your business strategy, and then start looking for job fit, looking to train managers, looking to to get those teams correctly, and looking to build a culture where people want to come, they want to have fun, but they want to work hard too. So hopefully this was helpful. Uh, I know it is to a bunch of uh, other clients that we have. You know, something that you really should be paying a lot of attention to. You know, go back over the slides. If you need more information, you can get a hold of us at uh, centerforvictory.com. We do appreciate you watching and listening um, to our podcast here and watching on YouTube. We appreciate it if you hit that subscribe button so you can get notified the next time we post. And just remember, wherever you're at, whatever you're doing, make sure you make this day your best day yet. We'll see you next time.